Hey there, Kaniacs. I am Jared Ellis of the new Kaniac Chronicle, and you're listening to Locked on Hurricanes on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You can find the show on Twitter at LO underscore Hurricanes, and myself on Twitter at Jared Ellis underscore 96. And today, folks, we have a very fun episode for you. I did a crossover with Jason from Locked on Anaheim Ducks earlier this afternoon, so you have that to look forward to while we discuss uh, today's game against uh, the uh, New York Rangers, um, as well as some other playoff stuff as well. Uh, We discussed the Arizona Coyotes uh, game against the National Predators, and Jason also talks about last night's buzzer beater that the Colorado Avalanche had against the uh, St. Louis Blues. Um, So you have all that to look forward to today in part one of that crossover. Part two will be tomorrow. So enjoy, guys. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And this is brought to you by rockauto.com. Si, senor. Welcome. Okay, I'm not going to do Spanish today. But welcome, everyone. We're going to talk about the games that were, in particular, Carol. They're looking pretty good against Hank and Rangers. And we'll talk some other odds and ends for other games and also have a little bit of music fun later. But first, I'm joined by Ellis from Lockdown Canes. All right, Kaniac, how you doing? I'm doing pretty darn good today. We got another win. Yeah, uh, one win away from dispatching of the New York Rangers. Hank is not looking that good, is he? <sighs> I think Hank has looked fine. I think it's been the team in front of him that has looked kind of shitty. You think? I mean, what what is your whole takeaway? First, let's talk about the one big thing out of Game 2. That hat trick, though. <clears throat> Hold on. Let me. Uh, I'm wearing my sweatshirt right now, but uh, also i got to quote our alternate captain, uh, Jordan Martinuk, on this one. I'll sit All back. Right. <clears throat> Mr. Svechnikov! <laughs> I don't know if y'all have seen that video. My cat just looked at me like I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> this is going to be a bitch to hit later. Oh, yeah. I'm going to do the explicit tag on this one, so fuck that. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that was... Um, Absolutely amazing. Um, I don't really think anyone expected a uh, hat trick today um, in any of the games. Um, but I'm not complaining. And also, one thing that was important to note in this one, not only was it um, the f- first uh, postseason hat trick in Hurricanes slash Whalers uh, postseason history, it was also Andre Svechnikov's uh, first career or first NHL hat trick ever, and he did yeah. it in playoffs. He's only against, 20 years old. Yeah, and against Henrik Lundqvist, you know, one of the greatest goalies ever, not some scrub or anything like that. He did it against one of the goats. I mean, it's a shame that Henrik Lundqvist hasn't won a Stanley Cup, it although is. he came. Somewhat, well, not really close against the LA Kings because they were dispatched in five games. Mm-hmm. But that notwithstanding, I thought the defense behind Lundqvist just was not good at all today. Yeah, or, really not really today. The first couple of games. Uh, 
Talk to me more about the 20-year-old Shmechnikov. Um, Shmechnikov, um, you listen to interviews with all the Hurricanes, coaches and staffs. They immediately knew this kid was special. Um, when he comes in, you watch him on the ice and how he plays. He plays unreal hockey. Um, I know everyone made the jokes last year, you know, how OV knocked him out in the fight, whatever. Um, you knocked out a 19-year-old kid. Good job, Mark. Good job there. Um, but, you know, this year he's just turned it up another level. There was no sophomore slump. He had the two at first, the first two NHL uh, lacrosse style goals ever. Um, he had those earlier on in the season. Then in this postseason, he's just turning it way up. Um, it was three shots on goal today um, and three goals. And then which is great, plus uh, six hits as well because um, he loves to play a really physical game. And then it just in talking with the kid, you know, he's an extremely genuine and extremely nice guy too, which is always great to see. Yeah, that's uh, absolutely true. I still can't believe that. I mean, I understand Buffalo taking Rasmus Dolan with that pick, but to pass up on to pass up Andre like that, you kind of think they'd be second-guessing themselves just a little bit after seeing this amazing performance. I think he was the best player in that draft, and he's showing it right now. Yeah, he really is. Um, and the Hurricanes traded up to get him as well. Um, it's almost like uh, the football, uh, the Bears uh, drafting Mitch Trubisky over uh, Patrick Mahomes. And, um... <laughs> Look how well that's turned out. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just... And it's one, one of, of them players. is an NFL champion. Yep, and highest paid professional athlete ever. Yeah, no kidding. Man, Bringing I in that money, that. baby. I kill for that contract. I think we all kill for that contract right now. Yeah, I know. Um, but yes, but he just is playing on another level right now. Um, and you know, not only him, you also have the other Hurricanes as well. Um. We were talking about in the group chat, you know, for all the NHL hosts yesterday, um, or not yesterday, um, Saturday, Saturday, excuse me, um, with the first game, Hurricanes uh, scoring in the first 61 seconds with Jacob Slaving. That uh, wasn't the thing I was laughing about on that first game. Oh, I'll let you continue, a, then I'll tell you what I was laughing about. Um, but yeah, Jacob Slavin scored 61 seconds in, getting his first career uh, postseason goal. Um, the first NHL uh, goal in August, and then obviously you know putting the Canes up one nothing, really starting to get things going yesterday on uh, Saturday, and then you had Dad Justin Williams dropping in gloves at fucking yep. noon. That's what I was laughing was about. Great. Really, Justin uh, Williams dropped not only dropping gloves but winning the fight. Yeah, he won that fight. Clean. Oh yeah, yes, With a couple that was of great, great punches. <laughs> and that was his first fight since January 2018, I believe is what I saw. Yeah. When he was still with the Capitals. Yep. And then the last fight before that was when he was a Los Angeles King. Yeah, that was great. But so he's, he doesn't fight too early. Yeah. No, I, he I, does not. And even I spoke uh, with Sarah Avampado. I said, yeah, that his game seven mode was in game one because there is no game seven in this series. Yeah, I know. Um, you know, if he's if this is going to be his last postseason, he's going out swinging. Uh, literally and figuratively. Literally. Uh, he he wants to win. He knows what it takes to win. He's won three Stanley Cups before. 
you think it's a sweep? Um, I obviously want it to be, but I wouldn't count the Rangers out because they are a damn good team. Really? I mean, yeah. I'm um, going to be mean here, but I would. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, we did get the sweep in the series. Um, it really wouldn't, um, just with the way the Rangers have been playing, the way we've came out and done it. But, again, you look on the flip side. The Rangers got, probably, who's probably going to win the MVP this year in Panarin, or at least, you know, <laughs> in my opinion, he should. Um, really? That's the band that as well. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be Panarin or McKinnon. Uh, That's why I, I have McKinnon winning yeah, I mean, to be honest, all three guys, you can't go wrong with them. But personally, I, I may go Panarin because he, he really put the Rangers on his back and really carried them. You um, know, I, I talked about this last week on my podcast. I I had my predictions for the awards. I don't know if you've had yours yet as far as awards go. Mm-hmm. I've done a couple. I haven't went through all of them because I don't know the nominees for all of them. But as far as well, MVP, I definitely think Panarin. Yeah, out of Dreisaitl, McKinnon, Panarin. I like Panarin a lot, but I have to go. Dreisaitl or McKinnon has been great. It's tough to choose between all three of those guys. I went McKinnon, but it was very tough. I yeah, all three of them. Yeah, they're excellent players. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Norris is easy for me. It's John Carlson by a, a mile. Yeah, I agree there. It, the only other competition he had was from Yossi. And he did not look good no. against the Coyotes. No, fact, he did not. He looked terrible. Uh, you know what's not terrible, Jared? What's up? The car parts selection you can find at rockauto.com. Oh, absolutely not. Um, I legit, you know, they may be a sponsor of the shows, uh, of the network, but I was legitimately looking on that site because I have my project truck sitting outside and who – that needs new parts, and I am actually on there looking at parts, and they have um, an amazing, amazing selection of just about everything I'll need um, at really, really good prices. You know, that's not going to cost me a kidney to get the stuff replaced. Um, yeah, uh, family-owned and operated for 20 years. Yep. What project do you have going on? What exactly? Uh, yeah, um, it was my dad's old 2000 Dodge Dakota. Um he t- it's not running right now. Um, he said, you know, if I can get it running, it's mine. Um, nice. And, you know, we'll go down, you know, get the deed changed, everything, if I can get it running again. And I'm going through looking at parts. Um, you know, I got friends, you know, like, yeah, I'll, I'll help you uh, put this in, I'll, you know, and all that stuff. Um, but, yeah, I'm actually looking at this site and looking at parts that I'm going to need um, because, you know, times are tough. You know, yeah. you need to save all the money you can, and they're an absolutely great way to do it. Um, and I am actually using that site right now. I'm more of a classic cars kind of guy personally. I like the old Chevys. Uh, the old Impalas are one of my favorite classic cars, although mm-hmm. part of me would still want an old 1940s Packard car. That's a car that I've always liked, and they have parts for that as well. Yeah, um, literally anything. Anything. Even dating back to the 1930s, that's how far back it goes because I, I love the classic cars. That would be a project I would want to do in the future, by the way, mm-hmm. is one of those old Fords or 50s cars. And rockauto.com, they have this selection for it. So if you're looking for all the parts your car will ever need, go to rockauto.com. And in the how did you hear about us 
box, type in Locked On or Locked On Ducks or Locked On Hurricanes and tell them we sent you. So once again, that is rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need, Rock Auto. No, I'm yes, not going to I, I did the song. Are y'all happy? <laughs> yeah, I was, I'm, I'm not singing. Um, oh, yeah, we're going to come back and talk about the Yotes after the first intermission. So guess what? Stay locked in, folks. Welcome back to the best podcast your car radio will ever need, Locked on Ducks and Locked on Hurricanes. And I'm joined once again by Jared Ellis from Locked on Canes. Jared, How do you do? I'm doing good. <laughs> You've got to be the happiest guy alive right now. Your team is up 2-0. I am very happy, and I'm also wearing my Andre Sveshkov shirt right now because, like we said earlier, he got a hat trick today. His yeah. first career hat trick in the NHL and the first postseason hat trick for the Hurricanes franchise, even dating back to when they were in Hartford. Um, you know was, who I saw was really happy? Hamilton the Pig. Oh, yeah, his uh, his cellies. Yes. Yeah, we love our we love our rally pig. He's a good boy. Aw, yeah, we we just have all the stuff based on an old movie, but that's fine how it is. <laughs> quack, quack, quack. I mean, I, I like the Mighty Ducks movies. <laughs> I'm glad that the first one is finally out on Disney Plus as of this yeah. month. Yeah, I did see it's finally there. I'm rewatching uh, Star Wars: The Clone Wars TV show for the countless time. <laughs> I, mean, I was I was watching a lot of Disney Plus up until hockey came back. Now that hockey is back, it's all day, all the time. For the yeah, yeah. If I'm able to watch the game, I'm pretty much watching the game. I had the uh, Calgary Winnipeg game on earlier. Um, last I looked, it was two two uh, in the second. You know, I want to talk about that briefly because there was the incident that happened on Game One of that series, and that was between Matt Kachuk the um, much maligned Matt Kachuk, and Mark Shifley. So Shifley was going hard into the boards, tried to avoid getting a hit, played the puck. Matt Kachuk came in, tried to play the puck. Skate came up and got Shifley, who was out for at least game two, likely game three, possibly the series. And then you have Patrick Laine, who's also hurt. So the Jets are pretty shorthanded. But what did you make of that hit? Yeah, it was tough to watch, that's for sure, because um, it could have ended really, really bad, um, that's for sure. Um, I don't know if it was an intentional hit, um, because the guys were skating really fast and heading into the boards, um, but it's, it's tough to watch, that's for sure, because um, you know that, that hurt like a bitch. Uh, you know who had some harsh words about that? Yeah, they're the Winnipeg head coach. Yeah, Paul Maurice. I saw that. Paul, Paul Maurice had some very choice words to say in the direction of Matthew, Matthew Kachuk, pretty much saying not just once but twice, reaffirming his stance that yeah, he did it on purpose. He's he has a reputation. Matthew yeah, Kachuk he does. can be a dirty player. He likes to instigate. Uh, he's instigated against the SoCal teams, especially the LA Kings, where mm-hmm. he pissed off Drew Doughty. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it's difficult uh, to unpack, that's for sure, because he definitely has that history of being a dirty player. Um, but also you look at the situation, they were going into the boards really fast. Um, so it's one of those things. It's not like it was in open ice. Um, 
but you know we weren't there. We're not him. We don't know what he did, you know, or what was going through his mind. Um, but I don't. I don't think it was a filthy, dirty kick. No, I don't either. Um, watching the replay a few times, it looks like you know he was, you know, kind of trying to slow down a little bit, and it just happened. Um, but only he knows what he did. Yeah. Only he knows if it was an accident. And Matthew Kachuk hasn't come out and publicly apologized or anything, so... He's not. He just said it was an accident. He said it was an accident. I would have liked if he said it was an accident and I apologized, but he just mm-hmm. said it was an accident. Yeah, he hasn't apologized so, or anything, which, um, which isn't a good look. It's really not. That's kind of his MO, to be honest. Oh, yeah, you're not wrong. He's definitely a bit of a... Jerk, yeah, and, and I, I think I think that's why Paul Maurice calls him disgusting. Yeah, I agree. Uh, just because of his history. Yeah. All right. So there's another team that I've been partially covering recently, and a team that you like watching a lot. I enjoyed watching the Coyotes versus the Nashville Predators, and I still can't believe the Yotes pulled out that game. Uh, what was yeah. your immediate takeaway on that series? Or game it was or definitely. It, I would definitely say it was a roller coaster of emotions uh, watching that game um, because the Coyotes, you know, their top guys, they really came out and were producing early on, which is what they needed, especially in that series, um, because the Coyotes, early on in the season, they were one of the top teams in the West. And then the Taylor Hall trade happened, and they fell off um, when we were really slipping, looking like kind of the Coyotes of old, you know, kind of deal. Um, but then they came out, you know, it, to uh, Edmonton for the bubble, and then they had the game against Vegas where they looked like mid-season Coyotes, you know, just not all that great. Um, and then the other day against Nashville, they jump out to, I believe, what was it, 3, three nothing. Yeah, 3 nothing lead. Um, I'm like, holy shit, I did not expect this from them. Because when they're on, they're on. They're like the Hurricanes. When they're going, they're going. Well, yeah, um, when they got that second and third goal, my first words out of my mouth were, damn, really? Like, yeah, I know. I was just like, holy shit. Um, and then I will say, in Nashville, they did not play good in the first half of the game. That is, I think we all agree on that. No, and um, Nashville definitely played better in the second half, uh, which is evident you know, by the score. Um, but I was really worried. that this will be a five-game series. I agree. I definitely see Nashville picking up a few games in this because um, Nashville again is a good team. Um, and yeah, I uh, didn't like Starro starting. By the way, no, I didn't either. Did not um, agree with that. Yeah, especially when they went down three nothing. I looked at my girlfriend like, huh, almost like they should have started Pecorine. <laughs> <laughs> um, you think? Yeah. Um, no, my my biggest takeaway from that game was not just that Pecorino should have started, but UC Saros looked bad on a couple of those goals. He mm-hmm. looked really bad on one goal in particular. I don't know if you're thinking of the same goal I am, that shorty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, one was rough. Uh, a little bit of rough, a lot of rough to some yeah. people. Yeah, that was a little was an understatement there. Um, I'm not yeah. going to pin that all on the goalie. No. no. No, I wouldn't put it all on the goalie because, I mean, the defense and everyone out on the ice in front of them, let them get that close to the goal. Okay, so Nashville had the power play at mm-hmm. the time, did nothing about it, 
tried to cross Ice Hass, and there was Michael Grabner just waiting right there between the two D-men, mm-hmm. and he yeah. swooped in there, and his strides are amazing to watch in person. Uh, because I'm in the West Coast, I see Arizona a lot. And mm-hmm. watching him just stride like that was a thing of beauty. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of the uh, Justin Falk goal in uh, the second round of playoffs last year against New York, where he came out of the penalty box um, and immediately scored. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of re- reminded me of that. And it was just one of those things, just, you know, things happen out in the ice, um, but, you know, you got to keep an eye on everyone out there. You can't let someone get the best of you like that. Yeah, Michael Grabner had a rocket out of his ass. That's what yeah, he looked he like. He did. Um, that's for sure. Goal. But Arizona is used to this. He led the league in shorthanded goals last season with six. Mm-hmm. And now he has a playoff tally. And, by the way, one of those shorties last season was also against Nashville. Hmm. It's like they've seen this before and didn't learn from that. Yeah. I was going to say they saw he was in the lineup, and they knew they should have known, like, hey, this guy, you know, he may have been in and out of the lineup a little bit this year, um, but he has this history. You know, maybe we need to scout him a little bit better, you know, plan better for this. We had how long to plan for this series? Three and a half weeks, and you kind of failed there on that, which is just not a good look there for Nashville. Just really. Yeah, I mean, you saw, you saw him in the conference a bunch before when he was with the Islanders mm-hmm. and so. even with the Rangers for a couple of years. So what do you remember about some of those matchups against him? Back in- uh, that, that's going back a while. <laughs> um, <laughs> really having to dig in, uh, get the uh, old brain cells working on that one because I don't remember a whole lot about him um, from back in the day, um, but he's always been a guy you can't, you can't sleep on him. Um, that's for sure. Because um, you look at that play um, the other day, yeah, he can just come out of nowhere, score on you. So yep, you can never count anyone out if they're on the ice because anyone can score at any given moment. Uh, one final thing regarding the Yotes, what did you think of Darcy Kemper's playoff debut? I thought he looked pretty darn good. <laughs> um, he really uh, kept the uh, Yotes in that game, uh, especially in the second half. Um, because he definitely made some really good saves there. Because um, Nashville really came out in that second half, and they were ready to play. They weren't going down without a fight. Um, yeah, he obviously let in some pucks, you know, obviously. Um, but he he really played on another level. Um, really kept the Coyotes in that game, because it could have ended up a lot worse. I think that's the biggest takeaway from Arizona this season, is they had a good start once Kemper got injured in the mm-hmm. middle of the season, that's where things kind of fell apart. Because I know you mentioned earlier the Taylor Hall trade is when things fell apart. That's just coincidental. I think Taylor Hall's done a pretty decent job with Arizona this season, keeping them afloat as they've been. And Darcy Kemper has been the difference. But then again, I'm a pretty big Darcy Kemper fan myself. Yeah. Because he is an Ontario Reign legend. So I'm going way back here. Yeah. Uh, Darcy Kemper played right down the street from my house. Uh, he was a member of the Ontario Reign. Mm-hmm. back in the ECHL days, and he helped lead them to the playoffs. Yeah. Um, you know who else was on that team? Who else was on that team? Michael Hutchinson. <laughs> it, tell, tell us about him a little bit. Uh, Michael Hutchinson had a couple of shutouts, his first couple of games with the Ontario Reign, and then you had this tandem of Hutchinson and Kemper for a couple of months there. 
Mm-hmm. And Ontario just went on this wicked streak where it seemed like they couldn't lose at all. Right. So th- those were just fun memories to take away back then. And even then, you could tell he was a special kind of player. Mm-hmm. And to see Kemper blossoming with Arizona right now, that's just fantastic news. Great to see. Oh, yeah, you love to see someone that you've watched for years and years to finally get success. Um, that's just something you really love to see. Yeah. Um, now, uh, we're obviously talking about the Coyotes you know, series. Um, we talked about the Hurricane series. Um, have there been any, any other um, games that you've seen that have really kind of taken you by surprise? Uh, we obviously mentioned the Flames and Jets a little bit ago as well. I'll, I'll mention one more series, and then we'll go on to our little music thing that we talked about. That ending of the Avalanche game against the Blues, that was batshit crazy. I did not see that because I was at work, you know, working overnight. So I will yeah. let you take the reins on talking about that one. Nazim Kadri got a rebound. Uh, there was a shot that hit off the post. Kadri got the rebound and shot the puck in with one-tenth of a second left. And it was a very instantaneous bang-bang play. The ref on the ice called it a good goal. So when they went to replay, it was exactly a one-frame difference between the puck hitting the line at one-tenth and the puck crossing the line at triple zeros. It mm-hmm. was that close. That's so, wild. I've seen, like, the replays and whatnot on, like, uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram and all that, but I did I wasn't able to watch it live happening because, like I said, I was at work. And then I get off work, and I'm seeing all these replays. I'm like, holy shit. Those were the words out of my mouth, by the way, as soon as it happened. I I missed a fucking game last night. I kind of want to go back and watch it, even though I know what's going to happen. Just go back and watch the last few seconds. Just watch the last I know my family out in Colorado, um, and then obviously stationed in Virginia as well because of the military. Um, I know they had to be loving that. Yep. By the way, I did love that they had the crowd noise going a little bit, but you could hear the bench going absolutely berserk when they called it a good goal on the ice. Oh, yeah. I've really enjoyed watching the bench stuff um, during yeah. this because obviously the yep. benches kind of got to carry the yep. emotion and the, goal, of the game. The goal horn going off, them playing that song, which, mm-hmm. by the way, might be one of the better goal songs in the NHL. Just saying. Yeah, I like ours. Ours is good. <laughs> I, I do I do like Carolina's songs. I think they're great. I think the Storm Surges are fantastic. But something about, I don't know why, something about the Avalanche, not the goal horn itself, mm-hmm. but the goal song in general. Right. It, it's a banger. Right. I was going to say, one of my favorite ones, we're talking junk about Nashville, but I don't know, Nashville's goal song is just hilarious. <laughs> I, I love it. You want some more of it? No. Sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. I had to do it. <laughs> I didn't even realize I said that. Um, but, yeah, that one's great. Um, I like Arizona's because of the coyote howl, you know, obviously before the uh, song itself. Um, but I do enjoy that. What do you think about the decision to play both sides of goal horns during the games? Eh, eh, I'm kind of torn. Um, with it because there's obviously goal horns I like to hear in it, but I'm like, also like, if you're the away team, you don't get your goal horn and song played. You're on the same wavelength I am. Yeah, I'm just like, 
I mean, I get it, and I get why, but you're the away team. Why don't yeah, you get yours played? If you're the away team, you shouldn't have to have your goal horn play. Yeah. There, there still should be some kind of quote-unquote advantage. Um, so you played Jeopardy on my show before. So a former Jeopardy champion actually lashed out about that. Can you guess why? Why was that? So you, you've heard the name James Holzhauer, right? I have not, actually. Yeah, so James Holzhauer is one of the biggest Jeopardy champions of all time, one of the greatest Jeopardy players of all time. Uh, he got sick of hearing Chelsea Dagger because the Chicago Blackhawks, the road team, by the way, actually playing in Edmonton, in Edmonton's arena. And yeah. they played Chelsea Dagger over and over and over again, and he was so damn sick of it. My dad liked that because my dad's a Blackhawks fan. Ah. All right, guys, that was part one of the crossover with Jason from Locked on Anaheim Ducks. Thank you for doing that crossover with me, with Jason, and you will have part two with of that tomorrow, guys, um, along with a preview for game three against the uh, New York Rangers. Um, so you guys have a good rest of your day. Um, enjoy whatever game you happen to be watching, whether it's the Capitals uh, game right now against the Lightning or the uh, Vegas-Dallas Stars game, which I have on right now that just started a little bit ago. Uh, so you guys have a good rest of your day.